Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my wonderful crew of collaborators, Cassidy Williams and Ciara Ford. Hey, y'all. Hi. So first thing we got to discuss before we get into some fun news links, the layoffs continue in the tech industry. It's tough times out there. Our hearts go out to anyone affected, obviously. Cassidy, you and I were chatting right before we started the show, and you made an interesting point. You know, I'd like you to dive a little bit into the details, but basically, instead of pivoting to look for another role at a traditional tech company, quote unquote, there are places that are hiring a lot that might have great tech software engineering teams, but then are not, you know, big tech companies. Yeah, that's something that I've been seeing a lot lately where like fintech companies and health tech companies, companies that aren't like the fangs, the ones that go viral for for the latest and greatest things. Those companies are hiring so many software engineers right now where the folks that I know who have gotten laid off have been able to get roles pretty quickly in companies like that. And so for anybody out there applying, start thinking about not just like the Googles, the Microsofts, the Metas and stuff like that, but think about like, the Cerners, the Epics, the Bloombergs, the companies where they're really large companies that do other things and tech is kind of part of that and apply there right. because they're they're hiring a bunch. Yeah, I think it's the software companies, the big software companies that are taking big hits now. But like someone was saying like retail companies, like Nike has software engineers that they need like they there are still other companies like that that are still hiring it's just the big like you said the thing companies that are having these layoffs right now which sucks it does but the job market isn't completely dry right like i was talking to someone where chicago sports teams are hiring a bunch of tech people where where (laughs) it's just like well if you want to be a software engineer for the blackhawks yeah yeah, they're they're hiring you know and so (laughs) like it's not what you would typically think of but Tech is everywhere, and and you don't have to be in a very, very tech-oriented company to have a tech job. And in that sense, maybe it's something that could be really fun for you if your passion is sports and you could go build their mobile app or their ticketing app or their website, or your passion is, I don't know, some kind of e-commerce or brand or sneakers. You're a sneakerhead, you know, go work for (laughs) Nike. So like maybe, yeah, you got to think outside the box a little bit. Another thing that I I wanted to share that I had read was just sort of like comparing this to the dot-com boom and bust back then, you know, I think they said something like 25 to 30% of like all, you know, tech jobs disappeared in a very short period of time. So right now we're not anywhere close to that. Most of this is more like five to 6%. And oddly, I know this is hard to like keep in mind and it doesn't matter to the people who are laid off to them. This is still, you know, a tough thing. These companies hired so much during the pandemic, especially 2021, that they still have net more employees now than they did, you know, at the beginning of 2021. Like these big numbers we hear for layoffs, you don't hear about the hiring all at once. You hear about the layoffs all at once, but they're just sort of cutting back a portion of the people that they hired during the pandemic. It's one of those things where we just saw so much over hiring at the end of 2021 and early 2022, where, where like, it's a shame that it's affecting people's livelihoods and and also just because all of these jobs grew and stuff and then they made cuts and there's people who have been at some of these larger tech organizations for like 10, 12, 15 years, which is wild yeah. to even consider. And that that kind of stuff, it's, it's so hard, but it's also just so weird how 
it's still net positive, but it's not great. And there's a lot of politics around it and stuff. It's, it's, it's <laughs> lots of human problems, I think, too. Yeah. I, this article by The Atlantic was, it made a couple good points that I don't know if I completely understand them, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, but it was trying to explain like why they're happening. We know that they are happening, but like, what's the big deal? And like overhiring is part of it. But it was saying that there's been a decrease in advertising and a lot of these companies get a lot of their revenue from advertising as well. So that's like part of the reason why they're making less money, I guess. And then it also said that, and this is the part where I'm like, I don't know if I understood this correctly. It was saying that like during the pandemic, there was like a huge boost in like people using various software. And so for that reason, there was like an expectation that expansion would continue. But now that we're like in the post pandemic world or like late stage pandemic world, right? people have seen that, that like increase in usage of these like softwares has decreased. Yeah, And so for that reason, there's been a change in the like stock market, I guess, like the, the worth of these companies. Yeah. It makes total sense. Like, during the pandemic, it was like, oh, our business is doubling in size every day because everybody's switching to remote meetings. And people were like, well, that's amazing. Your stock price is going to go up and up and up. And then, I mean, I think naturally, you know, you would say, well, when the pandemic ends, that'll ease up. But nobody knows when the pandemic is going to end or when yeah, you know, people are going to go back to office. And so when that growth, you know, that, that explosive growth that was sort of centered around the change in our lives started to peter out, you know, that's when people turned on the companies their stock you know price went down they started getting more conservative and so they do layoffs you know in in response to some of that yeah and that's basically what i think the article was trying to say which honestly makes sense like if you think about it i was talking to one of my friends about this actually recently that like now that a lot of most countries most cities don't have as many restrictions or any restrictions at all as far as like in person events and things like that I think because for a while we had like seeing your family, air travel, concerts, all those things were like totally taken away. And now they're back. Of course, people are going to take advantage of them again and be less online, which I think generally is a good thing. But (laughs) it also means that because I believe a lot of these software companies didn't anticipate the slowdown happening, even though if you think about it, it makes sense that it would happen. But right. they didn't anticipate it. So that's why you have like the overhiring and then when things change with the with their stock and everything like that and the investors and whatever, whatever, they like kind of overcompensated a little bit without factoring in the fact that like I'm not going to be on Spotify and Twitter and whatever else like 100 hours much. a day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I can like go outside and be with my friends and family now. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually saw a stat yesterday where it was something like comparing now to 2020 when everybody was just getting into lockdown and stuff, the number of new podcasts that are coming out has dropped by like 80%. And wow. It's kind of funny to think about because, you know, we we really right. revamped this podcast in the pandemic and stuff. And I think it's a very similar thing where people are just not doing as much stuff at home anymore. And right. I also think that is kind of transitioning into this article that we're going to be talking about where I think because we've been so digital heavy over the past few years, because we've just been inside and that's that's what we do, 
people are starting to want to do non-digital things and starting okay. to want to. I see where you're going with, with this transition. Paper. Yeah. <laughs> segway time. Uh, segway time. <laughs> All right, everybody. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun a refreshingly different domain name registrar. You can get a free .app or .dev domain name for your next online project by visiting porkbunstack.dev and using the coupon code STACKPODCAST at checkout. So go on, support the show, use the coupon code and get yourself a uh, free domain. There was a fun article from the Wall Street Journal and it said... The use of paper maps among millennials and Gen Z is going up. And for folks who are going on a trip, a road trip, an adventure, the paper map is a good way to ensure you are disconnected from the internet, not getting a work notification, living in the moment, and maybe forced to do the old school thing of like asking for directions a little bit or, you know, like, it just gets you more engaged with the real world as well as having like a cool aesthetic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's so interesting because a lot of the like the aesthetic of the like 2000s is kind of coming back as well. Like not mm. even just with fashion, but just with even with technology and stuff like people using the maps or I've seen people using like wired headphones again and even Same. taking those like crispy digital camera pictures that like or right. disposable camera pictures yeah. or whatever it's like all that is back and it's just so interesting to see the same conversation i had with my friend that i mentioned earlier we also talked about how there's like this anti-influencer movement happening whether people mm. realize it or not but like people are not as interested in like the social media heavy celebrities like the Kardashians or just like influencer stuff, period. And I was saying like, I think people are just like, you know what? Because of the pandemic, all of that in-person stuff was taken away. Now everybody's like, man, it's so much better to have a real relationship opposed to a parasocial relationship. (laughs) So they're like investing more time in those things. And it's changing the the post-pandemic world is just like so different. And it's interesting to see. I hate that like, like we talked about the layoff. So I hate that that's like a symptom of the change, but it is still like a, an interesting thing. And this, this paper map thing is like one of those little parts of the, the puzzle. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I think you're right. I've seen some of those other ones. People are bringing back flip phones. That's yeah. part of like a little bit of a Luddite movement yeah. or, of like, I do need to stay connected, but like, I don't want constant notifications and distractions. And then the, this is just more aesthetics than it is like, you know, disconnecting, but maybe not because I'm going to go out for a night, you know, to a party. I'm going to bring this Sony, you know, like digital camera and that way I can get some great snaps, but I won't also like be hooked on my phone. Right. So you, you yeah. can get that element of it using the old school technology. I saw yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a child on TikTok saying that she was so excited about her vintage camera. She got a Goodwill and it was from like 2006 <laughs> and it hurt my heart. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts to realize yeah. how old we are. Call it vintage. It really but it's, that's, it's also reminds me of just this past week, Sony announced that they're bringing back the Walkman. Nice. What? And and like it looks pretty cool. Like it has like an amp and deck in it. Yeah. It's high quality sound. You can still connect Spotify and stuff to it if you want, but it's meant for like high quality music in a device. And I as I was looking at it, I was like, I kinda want that. 
Because yeah. sometimes I do want to listen to music like on my phone or something, but I don't want right. to be distracted by the pings of notifications. Yeah. Sure, I can put 100%. on Do Not Disturb. but I've also seen a resurgence of like people buying DVDs mm. and wow. CDs. Like Again, the streaming services cutting like half of the shows and they just being like lost in the ether and like we're never going to see them again. Like I think that made people realize we really don't own these movies and TV shows that we love. So they're going back to like having DVD collections and CD collections. It's just so interesting because it's like such a contrast to the the way things were like two years ago. And I just find that it's like a year ago. Yeah. It's like cool. It's fascinating to like see it happen. This is like my first time being like sentient enough, not sentient, (laughs) but like like conscious enough to like know what's going on of right. these like cultural shifts so i'm like enjoying watching it happen because other times i was like too young and stupid Rolling to like young. really care yeah cassidy <laughs> i have had that experience several times of like i want to go on a run i just want to tune out and listen to some music but for whatever reason i i guess i forgot to turn off do not disturb and then it stinks like siri is reading my text messages out loud to me <laughs> right. like, I'm getting all yeah. these things from slack and it's like right the walkman i would just be in focus mode you know grinding along or whatever so i like that I remember we had on the podcast, Alexander Obernauer was a guest a while back and he was talking about like the future of operating systems and stuff. And he's doing a lot of research around that. And one of his posts that he made since that episode was talking about just notifications in general and how do we rethink notifications so it can be like something you say, I want notifications now, but otherwise don't show them to me. And stuff because right now all of our devices and stuff are designed to get our attention and keep it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. That's how services work. That's how the just that's that's how the world is working right now. And I'll be really curious to see if with this resurgence, if it does end up kind of flipping on its head. Right. This goes back to another person you bring up a lot, Cal Newport. And there was a big sort of like QA recently in the New York Times saying that a solution you know, to some of the distraction is to set the time for work and set the time for notifications. Like every hour I will check notifications for 15 minutes and then get back to you and go through all of that. I guess the expectation at some workplaces, this is not true for me, which is nice unless it's an emergency. And then people let me know is that like, you'll always be around to respond to a Slack in five or 10 minutes. And that sets this dangerous precedent of like, I'll always be interruptible. Right. Right. There's a book I read recently called make time that talked about it. Um, and we can drop a link to it in the show notes. But in this book, it was talking about all of these different productivity books, like The Deep Works by Cal Newport and Atomic Habits right. and things like that. There's there's all of those where it's just like, you just have to focus. You just have to make this happen. And there's that, but it's also challenging because all <laughs> of these services are designed for you to not do that. And what right. was interesting in Make Time was talking about like, focusing on how to prioritize your time so that you can have, like you said, times to check notifications, times to respond quickly, times where you're not going to, and and figuring out how to make time for yourself to right. prioritize what's important to you. Speaking of how technology is all around us, there was a research paper that came out recently from the very smart folks at Carnegie Mellon University. They reported that just using Wi-Fi routers they can detect and perceive the poses and positions of humans and map their bodies clearly in 3D. Now, at first, I thought this is purely dystopian and terrifying because it's like, <laughs> you know, you like hack into the router and you see where somebody is in the house and like, you know, or like what good use could this have was my initial reaction. Like this just sounds like bad news. But I guess 
they were arguing in the sort of research that there could be some positive uses to this. So for example, in healthcare, you know, if somebody was like in a bad position and you were trying to monitor their health remotely, or, you know, somebody was in isolation and you wanted to like understand about them, you could use this without like a ton of invasive gear, like cameras and LIDAR and all those other things. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it seems like something with more potential for evil than good, but also very interesting yeah. that they can do it. This is one of those times where I wish that we had more regulations around tech. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so cool if there was a law that was like, don't use this to spy on people, but Just you can stop. use yeah. it to like make sure that people who are sickly are safe. Like right. that would be so great, but we don't have that. So it's like these things these discoveries could have really like good uses but at the same time it's like is it worth like having companies knowing that i lay in bed like 12 hours a day on saturday like, you know what i mean <laughs> hey, like, don't act yourself like that yeah you don't have to you know what it reminded like me of it reminded me of did you see batman like the dark knight with christian bale yeah it i think it's in the second movie when, when the joker is is involved and he's like using the sonar the bad sonar and it's using like internet signals to figure out where the hostages are it, yes. it felt very much like that movie where where it's showing the shapes of bodies and the signals and stuff <laughs> yes and, i know what you're talking about it's the scene with like everybody's wearing the clown masks yeah uh, maybe we'll yeah, put, the, yeah. put the youtube link in it right but yeah <laughs> there are these signals bouncing all around us all the time and uh, if you know how to read them they can tell you a lot speaking of which i i had to bring this up this is like a personal sort of obsession of mine there was a research paper that came out and it's in a preprint right now, so I guess it hasn't been fully released. But it's from a bunch of academics who are in the world of neuroprosthesis, and they have developed a brain-computer interface. And basically what this does is it allows people who are completely paralyzed to think about handwriting something, and the huh. thoughts about the movement that would create the writing can be interpreted, and then it can write that on a computer, and they can now enable people with paralysis to communicate at 62 words per minute. So oh, just, wow. I always That's lose my, I always just think this is like the coolest stuff. It's like, it's like Neuralink, yeah. but, but not that company, you know, just like some research institute. Right. You know what I wonder, and this is like, this is something I thought of when I was like 10 years old that I figured would never be possible because when you're 10, you think of stupid stuff that is impossible. But I used to hate when I would like try to describe a dream to somebody and mm. like I just couldn't get the essence of the bizarreness of my mm. dream across. Can you imagine if we had something that would like be able to actually like depict what we dream and like actually play it for other people? That would be so Or just nuts. like record it at night so you could play it yeah. back for yourself because I always forget I have a great dream and then three days later I can sort of barely recall it, you know? I feel like all my dreams are stress dreams and this sounds terrible, <laughs> but yeah, for, for all y'all out there who have good dreams, that sounds amazing. Well, they say the more you work on your dreams and remember them and write about them, the easier it is to control them in the future. So oh, it's your, okay. it's your pathway okay. to uh, lucid dreaming. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. But anyway, that's like my con contribution to that. I want to see if someone can create some well, device. Go out and patent it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I want to be able to watch um, my dreams like a movie. <laughs> All right. One more that I didn't, I apologize. I didn't put it into the, the show notes, but I want somebody to build this game with me. So if you're listening and this appeals to you, let's, let's talk after the show. Send me an email. The game is called Wordali. 
from the fine folks at Hugging Face who made Stable Diffusion. And it's basically a mashup of Wordle and Pictionary, kind of. I'll put the link in the chat for YouTube. But basically, you guess the prompt that made the AI generate this image or whatever. And so I play this with my kids and it was really fun. You'd be like, revolutionary times, you know, cooking silly person and then it generates like a brand new image and then they have to look at that and guess like the three prompts that went into it so i kind of like it because each visual is unique like you're never going to run out of things to guess you know like when you buy a box full of car like a words with friends or whatever yeah so if anybody's interested in working on this they've got a cool version kind of cooked up here but it's very basic i think there's a lot more room to run with this yeah, that's a fun concept. It, I could see it being very challenging. You might have to figure out how to limit the dictionary right. of prompts. But besides I think that, the that way you do like... it, and not to give it all away so somebody steals the idea, but is you get a group of people's like celebrity, and we each give in three or four prompts. And then we mash them up, and you don't know which prompts are in there, but you know the pool of 20 or 30 prompts. And then when right. you see the images, you got to guess from that. All right, that's my million-dollar idea. Go ahead and steal it. <laughs> I can't build it myself. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. We're going to shout out somebody who came onto Stack Overflow and helped save a little knowledge from the dustbin of history, earned themselves a lifeboat badge, awarded just one hour ago to Holger, sort an array containing numbers using a for loop. Thanks, Holger, for coming on and answering that. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, this is a brand new answer. So Mm. helped almost 40,000 people. Very cool. All right, everybody. It has been my pleasure to chat and to keep up with you. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with questions or suggestions. Podcast at Stack Overflow. I recently got an email from a fan who has asked to be a contributor, and I wasn't really sure what to do, but they are a data science machine learning expert. And so they said they will be sending me an email every week with some links that they think are interesting. And maybe we'll shout out the links. So if you listen to the show and you want to contribute, we're going to give it a shot and see how it goes. Uh, (laughs) We'll have our first guest contributor or fan fan contributor. So that's kind of cool. The next step is fan art. I'm ready. Next up is fan art. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you want to draw new cartoon avatars of any of us or do AI generated images of us, please let us know. But um, yeah, if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. And my name is Sierra Ford. I am a developer advocate at Auth0 by Okta. You can find me on Twitter. My username there is at Sierio, that's C-E-E-O-R-E-O underscore. And I'm Cassidy Williams. I'm CTO over at Contenda. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O on most things. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you soon.